greetings from St Bride's Church, Fleet Street, here in the very heart of the City of London. We're delighted that you're tuning in to this podcast and a very happy Easter to you all. Do please leave a comment or a like. It's always good to hear from you. And if you would like to donate to help support these online services, you'll find details of how to do so in the accompanying text. And now, may the light and peace of Christ be with you all as our worship begins. On the evening of the first day of the week, Jesus came and stood among his disciples and said to them, Peace be with you. Christ is risen. It is a great delight to welcome you to St. Bride's for our choral Eucharist on this, the second Sunday of Easter. Wherever you are in the world right now, and however you are listening to us, we hope that you will feel part of the St. Bride's family. We sit or kneel for our opening prayer. Let us pray. 
we say together, Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hidden, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name, through Christ our Lord. Amen. Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed for us. Let us therefore rejoice by putting away all malice and evil and confessing our sins with a sincere and true heart. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, we have sinned against you and against our neighbour in thought and word and deed, through negligence, through weakness, through our own deliberate fault. We are truly sorry and repent of all our sins. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, who died for us, forgive us all that is past and grant that we may serve you in newness of life to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, who forgives all who truly repent, have mercy upon you pardon and deliver you from all your sins, confirm and strengthen you in all goodness, and keep you in life eternal, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.
Almighty Father, you have given your only Son to die for our sins and to rise again for our justification. Grant us so to put away the leaven of malice and wickedness, that we may always serve you in pureness of living and truth, through the merits of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. A reading from the Acts of the Apostles. When the temple police had brought the apostles, they set them before the council. And the high priest questioned them, saying, We strictly charged you not to teach in this name, yet here you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching, and you intend to bring this man's blood upon us. But Peter and the apostles answered, We must obey God rather than men. The God of our fathers raised Jesus, whom you killed by hanging him on a tree. God exalted him at his right hand as leader and saviour, to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are witnesses to these things, and so is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. reading from the book of Revelation. John to the seven churches that are in Asia, grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come, and from the seven spirits who are before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, and the ruler of kings on earth. To him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood and made us a kingdom, priests to his God and Father, 
To him be glory and dominion for ever and ever. Amen. Behold, he is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him, every one who pierced him, and all tribes of the earth will wail on account of him. Even so. Amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. This is the word of the Lord. Hear the Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to John. On the evening of the first day of the week, the doors being shut where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, He showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. Now Thomas, one of the twelve, called the twin, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see in his hands the print of the nails, and place my finger in the mark of the nails, and place my hand in his side, I will not believe. Eight days later, his disciples were again in the house and Thomas was with them. The doors were shut, but Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands, and put out your hand and place it in my side. Do not be faithless, but believing. 
Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples which are not written in this book, but these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. This is the Gospel of the Lord. May I speak in the name of the living God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus had burst from the tomb, risen from the dead, but the disciples remain in the tomb of their understanding. Their dreams were shattered and they remained in hiding for fear of the Jews, as our gospel puts it. There's an important point about language here that I think we should always acknowledge given the continued presence of anti-Semitism in our world and indeed the church's history in contributing to it. The gospel was written for an audience experiencing persecution. Whatever we might make of how the Christian faith is publicly presented, that's not us. We need to be careful then as we consider this scene in the gospel story not to imagine the disciples as a group of Christians sheltering from Jews. No, the disciples were Jews. Jesus was a Jew. It's helpful as we read this passage to mentally substitute fear of the Jews with fear of the Pharisees. That's much more specific. It was certainly the case that the disciples felt it necessary to avoid the temple authorities of the day that had incited Jesus' execution, and understandably, they were worried that they might be next. There are other places in this Gospel reading, though, where we might shape false impressions if we're not careful. Imagining, for example, that Thomas is somehow the exception amongst the disciples because of his doubt. We commonly refer to him as doubting Thomas after all. If we step back though, we see that this is a somewhat lazy interpretation. All of the disciples were disorientated and frayed following Jesus' death. What set Thomas apart was that whilst the other disciples had already received a visit from the risen Christ, he hadn't, because he wasn't there. He wonders if perhaps his companions in their grief might be comforting themselves with a joke at his, at his expense. Or perhaps he's wondering they've gone a little crazy. These would surely appear to be more likely explanations than that Jesus had risen from the dead. There's a bigger picture here. Paula Gooda, Chancellor at St Paul's Cathedral, points out that we often split this story of Thomas seeing and believing 
from the passage that precedes it of Mary recognising Jesus as she, seat, as she sits weeping outside the garden tomb. As a result, we miss that John is playing with the theme of sense and believing. Mary saw Jesus but did not believe because she didn't recognise him. It was only when she heard Jesus' voice that she believed. When Thomas heard what the other disciples report, that Christ has risen and has paid them a visit, he did not believe because he had not seen and touched. Both Mary and Thomas needed additional sensory help, hearing the voice of Jesus, touching his wounds for them to be able to recognise and believe. Whilst John is often very clear and confident about who Jesus was, drawing light and shade very starkly, he recognises how difficult it was to see the risen Christ and believe. Both Mary and Thomas needed other senses, hearing and touch, to help them understand. This raises an important question for us about whether this is still true today. Christian worship can be a multi-sensory experience, but often it isn't. The experience of both Mary and Thomas prompts us to consider whether we need to be much more intentional about the senses and how they can help people to move from incomprehension and lack of recognition to belief. It's important that we consider sensory experience in our own spiritual lives. We're all very aware how music enlivens our worship week by week. If you've been to Space for Silence here on an evening, you'll know that not only is it helpful to pray in this building, in a space hallowed through the prayers of our brothers and sisters throughout the centuries, but it's also enhanced by the lighting by the candles that Robin arranges so well, and by the smell of incense. It is a time aside, in a place aside, but not one that closes our experience of the world, but rather one that provides an invitation to an opening up, away from the noise and hustle and bustle that characterises life outside these walls. It is worth paying attention to these things in our own prayer lives, identifying those things that we might find helpful aids to prayer, such as icons, music, rosaries or holding crosses. One of the challenges of faith in the modern age is that a tightly defined conceptual framework tends to shape how we make sense of the world. This is nothing new, of course. It's a product of the Enlightenment, and indeed the Reformation, when there was a movement to strip away the unnecessary ceremony and distorted teachings of the Church. From our perspective, centuries hence, we can appreciate that whilst those impulses were sound, on occasion the baby was thrown out with the bathwater. Hence those branches of the faith that ended up prohibiting music, art, dance. Certainly for me, they are impoverished as a result. 
we need to be open, to be receptive to the Holy Spirit. And the arts are hugely helpful to us. So much can flow when we are open, when our senses are alive and receptive, when the Spirit is given space to work within us. Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. In prayerful openness, we realise that the peace of God is not the Pax Romana, the peace of Rome, a state of compliance achieved through military might that crushes those who might present any vision of life that contrasts with that of their rulers. The peace of God is much better understood as the Jewish Shalom. It is characterised by right relationship with God, with one another, with creation and with ourselves. It is more than the absence of overt conflict and threat. It is far deeper than that and characterised by profound interconnectivity and interrelation. Jesus isn't saying, may you have a quiet, comfortable, prosperous life uninterrupted by trouble and hardship. He's instead pointing to firmer foundations, ones that are not shaken when things are not going well. We might ask ourselves, what the peace is that we desire. Is it shalom? Or are we actually inclined to maintain those walls that separate us from others, insulate us from their needs, and secure our own comforts? As God's peace may flow from an openness to the Spirit, so may forgiveness. Whilst this passage appears to confer power to forgive, if you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. We should bear in mind the words of the Lord's Prayer. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. In other words, be merciful to me as I am merciful to others. Judge me as I judge others. The more we recognise our sins and the enormity of the gift that we have received, the more that we may be able to offer some of the same profligate compassion to others. Faith and holiness cannot be forced, but they can be invited. Doubts are natural. The opposite of faith is not doubt, it is certainty. The journey of faith is one into deepening trust in God's providence, even, often especially, in the face of failures and tragedies in our lives. All of our senses are important in this journey. We're especially attuned at St Bride's to understand that the ear is a gateway to the heart as we are blessed with divine music each week. Most importantly, we are blessed with the Eucharist. 
And to close, I'd like to share with you a poem from Malcolm Geith that provides a reflection on its sensory nature. This bread is light, dissolving, almost air, a little visitation on my tongue, a wafer-thin sensation, hardly there. This taste of wine is brief in flavour, flung a moment to the palate's roof and fled, even its aftertaste, a memory. Yet this is how he comes, through wine and bread, love chooses to be emptied into me. He does not come in unimagined light, too bright to be denied, too absolute for consciousness, too strong for sight, leaving the seer blind, the poet mute. Chooses instead to seep into each sense, to die himself into experience. Amen. Let us now stand and affirm our faith in the words of the Creed. We believe in one God, the Father the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten and not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven, was incarnate from the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and was made man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again, in accordance with the scriptures, he ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy, catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Let us pray. Dear Lord, Heavenly Father, gathered together this morning, we are grateful for your resurrection and unceasing refusal to let us abandon hope for the future of mankind and those in despair, living in fear, burdened with pain, the dogged sense of alienation and isolation. You alone can help them hear the music. We pray for the people of Jerusalem that peace may reign in the holy places of the city we pray for the volunteer workers all over the world who share their time and skills 
never expecting financial reward. Those who help prisoners learn to read. Those who provide legal representation. Those who offer support to cancer sufferers and children in hospital and their families. Those who help at food banks. Their passion for helping inspires others to give for the joy of giving. We pray and give thanks for those who give shelter, food and companionship to the Ukrainians fleeing their war-torn nation. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for all those who perform acts of self-sacrifice in the heat of the moment. The man who jumped into a polluted, murky, moss-covered pond to save a toddler. The boy had slipped into the water while his father was fetching a ball. If the man had not seen the boy out of the corner of his eye, a young life could have been lost. We think of those who fight for freedom from tyranny. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for Archbishop Welby, who expressed his concern over the treatment of asylum seekers and the rising cost of living. May our leaders not forsake our Christian values. One day we could be wearing the ragged shoes of the poor and those who have fled their homelands. May compassion and kindness thrive in our souls, reflecting your glory, Heavenly Father. We pray for all those working abroad in the media who risk their lives and brave the bombs to bring us news of horrific realities, and those in the media at home who keep us in touch with unjust moral realities. We are grateful for the inquiring minds of our journalists. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. In our Christian community, we pray for our congregation, our visitors online and beside us. We welcome new faces in the pews with warm hearts. We pray for our Sunday club children, their leaders, our vergers, our staff. We pray for our choir, our organist, Matthew Morley, our director of music, Robert Jones, forever grateful to them for the music they create so beautifully. Heavenly Father, the buttercups, irises and bluebells blooming in May will fade and die, but you will always be with us, helping us to laugh and embrace each other in the midst of desolation. You alone can light everlasting candles in the dark. Help us rise high above the storm. Merciful Father, accept, accept these prayers, these prayers for, for the sake, sake of your, your Son, our, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Christ. Amen. Will you please stand? The risen Christ came and stood among his disciples and said, Peace be with you. Then were they glad when they saw the Lord. Alleluia. The peace of the Lord be always with you.
Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation. Through your goodness we have this bread to offer, which earth has given and human hands have made. It will become for us the bread of life. Blessed be God for Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation. Through your goodness we have this wine to offer, fruit of the vine and work of human hands. It will become our spiritual drink. Blessed be God
accept our praises, Heavenly Father, through your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. And as we follow his example and obey his command, grant that by the power of your Holy Spirit, these gifts of bread and wine may be to us his body and his blood, who in the same night that he was betrayed took bread and gave you thanks. He broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup and gave you thanks. He gave it to them, saying, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. Therefore, Heavenly Father, we remember his offering of himself made once for all upon the cross. We proclaim his mighty resurrection and glorious ascension. We look for the coming of his kingdom, and with this bread and this cup, we make the memorial of Christ, your Son, our Lord. Great is the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Accept through him, our great high priest, this our sacrifice of thanks and praise. And as we eat and drink these holy gifts in the presence of your divine majesty, renew us by your spirit, inspire us with your love, and unite us in the body of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Through him, and with him and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, with all who stand before you in earth and heaven, we worship you, Father Almighty, in songs of everlasting praise. Blessing and honour and glory and power be yours for ever and ever. Amen. Let us pray with confidence as our Saviour has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. We break this bread to share in the body of Christ. Though we are many, we are one body, because we all share in one bread. Draw near with faith. Receive the body of our Lord Jesus Christ, which he gave for you, and his blood, which he shed for you. Eat and drink in remembrance that he died for you, and feed on him in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving.
we do not presume to come to this your table, merciful Lord, trusting in our own righteousness, but in your manifold and great mercy. We are not worthy so much as to gather up the crumbs under your table, but you are the same Lord, whose nature is always to have mercy. Grant us, therefore, gracious Lord, so to eat the flesh of your dear Son, Jesus Christ, and to drink his blood, that our sinful bodies may be made clean by his body, and our souls washed through his most precious blood, and that we may evermore dwell in him, and he in us. Amen.
Let us pray. Lord God, our Father, through our Saviour Jesus Christ, you have assured your children of eternal life and in baptism have made us one with him. Deliver us from the death of sin and raise us to new life in your love in the fellowship of the Holy Spirit by the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Almighty God, we thank you for feeding us with the body and blood of your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him we offer you our souls and bodies to be a living sacrifice. Send us out in the power of your Spirit to live and work to your praise and glory. Amen. God of peace, who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the eternal covenant, make you perfect in every good work to do his will, working in you that which is well-pleasing in his sight. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you always. Amen. Go in the peace of Christ, hallelujah. 